into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac is in the uh, best position to put you in your comfort zone at Brymac.com. Two Rivers Ford, the best Ford dealership for all things Ford. You know where you want to go to the best Ford dealership around. That is Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code A2Z Sports will get you in on the action this divisional or rather this conference championship weekend. Tell you more about their great offer that they have for you on the football later on tonight. And of course, the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage the official real estate agent of the Titans, the Preds, and A to Z Sports Prime Time can be found at GaryAshton.com. So, uh, life for the Titans, we understand where it is right now. We understand that they're in a tricky spot. We've gone through all the different ways. We've broken down the game. And we're going to continue to look at kind of where they move forward, right? What the next step is, because... Uh, a wise man once said, and I won't, I won't give Zach Bingham more credit than he deserves, but the job is to be a problem solver, right, in many different ways. And so to kind of solve the problem for the Titans was, was my goal today when Greg Cosell and myself, we do a podcast every Wednesday. It's called The Install with Greg Cosell. You can check it out wherever it is you get your podcast. Now, Greg is as smart a football mind as anybody in the business, and my my goal today was to work through this situation with Greg and kind of say, all right, we knew exactly what the Titans are. It's never been a mystery as to how exactly it is that they play. But what they have done is not good enough, and we have seen it falter at times, specifically in big spots against opponents that they should be fully capable of beating. Now with Greg, it's kind of uh, it's kind of difficult, or uh, difficult's not the right word, but it's kind of different to navigate because Greg's never gonna. Greg's not like me, right? Greg is purely film based. It's not going to be formulated an opinion. He's going to tell you what he sees on tape, and that's the way that things are. Like Greg's never going to get out here with a hot take and uh, do something like I would do, which is tell you that Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback to lead this. Tennessee Titans franchise into the future. Like Greg's not going to say that because that's entirely opinion. So with Greg, I wanted to work through some of the elements of this Titans game that were perplexing to me, but Greg really seemed unsurprised by. And it's a really good conversation, some of which you'll hear tonight as to how to best diagnose the Titans problems. But let's start here with your Two Rivers Ford take, if we can. What can the Titans do? Give me one thing that the Titans can do to keep up with the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. Let me know in the comment section, and we'll talk about it amongst ourselves. Give me your response in the comment section, and we'll throw some of your comments up on the screen. Your Two Rivers Ford take, what one thing can the Titans do this offseason that's going to allow them to keep pace with the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals, the four other, for lack of a better term, or the three other, for lack of a better term, superstars 
in the AFC side of the bracket. Because remember, this is a crowded AFC. Things are not easy, and they're not getting any easier right now, as Joe Burrow, who was on the ascent, just showed you. He beat he beat you without an offensive line that was basically playing throughout the entirety of the game. So you give me your response to that. I'll give you mine momentarily, and I'll let you hear from Greg Cosell right after I tell you about the people who present the Two Rivers Ford take, which is, of course, Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford prides themselves on customer service first and foremost. They literally win awards for how great their customer service is. It's how they've done business since 1983, almost 40 years here in Middle Tennessee, and that's how they'll continue to do business because it's a winning formula. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet is where you go or online at tworiversford.com. You can start the Built for You program just as I've done any Ford, any color, any customizable accessories. Two Rivers Ford, love where you buy your Ford. All right, so what can the Titans do to keep up with the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. That was basically the thesis of Greg and I's conversation today. Tig says score more than 20 points. Yes, that's that's true. Uh, score more than 16 points would be preferable, right? You couldn't even get to 20. I mean, the Bengals couldn't either because your defense was that good. Will Dodson Jr. says stop being so damn predictable on offense for Mike McCown on Facebook Live. He says restructure Lawan Cunningham, Saffold, sign Landry, extend Henry I would not uh the the Henry or the Henry extension would be ill-advised at this point um Mike so I would say I would say that there are some good suggestions in there but the uh I think some of that is is kind of you don't need to do it right there's not a reason to Jude Eckert wants them to get Allen Robinson another weapon for Ryan Tannehill in the passing game uh Troy Anderson simply says score early which is something that they really struggled to do throughout the course of the season they were not effective or efficient at all on their first drives of games being able to score touchdowns in fact they were among the worst in the league at doing that this season but more than anything you know I think you got to look at who the Titans are so if I ask you the question and Greg did this with me today if I ask you the question as somebody who is an informed viewer of Tennessee Titans football if I asked you this question what would you say that what are their base principles, right? Well, we know that they value volume in their running attack. We know that their running attack is predicated off outside zone uh, principles. Now there's some inside zone. There's some gap. There's a little bit of everything in their running game. It's not quite as uh, overwhelming as somebody like the San Francisco 49ers or maybe the Baltimore Ravens, but you do have a lot of different options that you use in your rushing attack. Their passing game is very simplistic, for lack of a better term. You're not going to get too crazy. You'll have play-action passing concepts. You'll have uh, crossing routes across the middle of the field. Not a ton of stuff that breaks out because of what Ryan Tannehill's limitations are. You have uh, you have a lacking deep drop passing game, and there's really not a whole lot of just pure drop-back passing in this offense, but you understand what the core principles of the Tennessee Titans are. And what Joe Williams says was basically what Greg and I discussed because I, you know, I don't know what their, I don't know what their offense needs to outright. I don't know that their offense needs to outright change, but what Greg and I talked about is this. 
if they want to legitimately keep pace with these three teams who are very much on the ascent, Patrick Mahomes is getting better. He's only four years, I think five years, into the league at this point. That dude is getting better. Josh Allen is getting better. What is happening with Joe Burrow is that he's getting better. So how do you keep with the, keep up with those players when you're the one with the most veteran quarterback of that group and you're the one who just got bounced in the first round? We talked about it with Greg, and what it comes down to is a bit of uh, an I, uh, how do I want to say this? Because existential crisis is not the right term, but there is a kind of come to Jesus, come to football Jesus moment that they need to have internally about what they are, what they need to be, and how they can get there with the personnel that they have. So in a conference that has Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow, how are you, how should you, and, and I'm giving my personal opinion based on watching tape since 1992, how should you structure your offense? It, we, we've spoken throughout the season, you know, they obviously lost Derrick Henry. And I'm sure there are some fans who think that if they didn't lose Henry and Henry had played all year, that Henry would have rushed for 180 yards and this would have been a normal Titans game. And we don't know the answer to that. That could well have been true. Sure. But the point is that that didn't happen in this game. Okay. And and I find it mind-boggling that people thought that Deontay Foreman is better than Derrick Henry just because he had <laughs> a, a long run in this game. Oh, great. But the point is, is that when you get to the playoffs, sometimes the run game gets stopped, no matter how good it is. So last year it got stopped in Baltimore. Yep. This year it got relatively stopped. I know Foreman had the long run. And putting aside Henry, whether he was 100% or not, I personally don't think he looked exactly like Derrick Henry, but sure. he did play. And that's the only way you can judge it. Then at that point, and you can talk to Coach Mack about this, when guys play, they have to play. Yeah. You know, you, you can't put guy out there and say, ah, we lost because my best player really, you know, wasn't really ready to play, but I put him out there anyway. You, you know, that that's not, you can't say that, you know. So the point is they couldn't run the ball. So then what happens? You know, then you ask and, and Ryan Tannehill to do more than he usually does, and what, it seemed to put them in a in a. And what bad have I position. said all year? And and then you have to look at each interception. What have I said all year? I said that the pass game and the run game need to operate independently from one another because you never know when that's going to happen. Okay. So basically, Greg's analysis to kind of boil boil it down is you need to seriously reevaluate how your football team is put together to keep up with this, or at least how you're conducting your offense. Because just because your personnel you know can do one thing really, really well, look at the past two playoff games, right? Both at home, both with the same, both under Arthur Smith and Todd Downing have suffered the same issues. Teams have figured out how to shut down the run against the Titans, like they've just figured out how to do it. And at this point, you need to kind of reevaluate, all right, is this the best plan of attack moving forward? Now, at a certain point, you know, I understand why they why they have been reticent. And I won't say outright reticent, but they like they're very, very determined to stick to their core principles. And there are some of those that I think are spot on. I'm not saying that Mike Vrabel isn't doing his job correctly. I'm saying that they do need to, after trying this a couple of times, 
take a step back and look at this and say, all right, do we need to get Derrick Henry 20 touches every game? Do we need to get Derrick Henry 20 touches every game? Is it absolutely critical that we do that? It is felt like it is absolutely critical for them, even, even when Arthur was here, right? The past three seasons, they have very, very much focused on what? Run the damn ball. And understandably so. Derek's been the best player on the football team. I don't know if that's going to be the case moving forward. I know that Derek still has some special qualities. I don't know how for how much longer Derek is going to be this kind of special. And so at some point, you need to look at your personnel and say, you know who's special? A.J. Brown. Let's get him more involved in the passing game. You know who's still got some special to him? Julio Jones. Let's get him involved more in the passing game. Let's upgrade the tight end position and let's do some things along the offensive line that we think can hold this thing together as they move forward because the contract situation there gets complicated. I'll tell you how I feel about it here in just a second, but first I'm going to tell you about uh, the Brimac, the fine folks at Brimac Mechanical. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs is what Brimac promises you. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brimac. They'll put you in your comfort zone, whether you are somebody who owns a business and you need commercial work done, they can handle it. Whether you are somebody who's just in the house, you're chilling, you want to get in your comfort zone, Brymac has you covered. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical, or Brymac.com is where you can go to start that process today. So, how I feel about it is this. Again, Titans are built a certain way. Titans do have personnel to do some things more creatively. What was the criticism all week long, all day long? We've continued to see, we've continued to see um, different, different looks at what kind of failed them on offense. And what ultimately failed them is a lack of creativity in their play calling, a lack of willingness, a stubbornness, right, in their inability to adapt. Frank Franklin Allen on Facebook Live says, but we have Tannehill, Buck. He's not special. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, figure it out. He's the quarterback. That's the whole job. Like that, Franklin. And I don't mean to be, you know, gruff with you, but um, that's the job. You have who you have. He's going to be on your roster next year. Figure it out. You understand? Like that's the whole that's the whole job. But I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not coming after you, Franklin. Like I understand what you're saying. He's he may not be overwhelmingly special. He may not be overwhelmingly special. But you know what he is? He's usable. Figure it out. We've seen them win football games with Ryan Tannehill. Get more creative. The the job of the coach, the job of the coach needs to be able to maximize the talent on the roster. Would you look at this and say that Todd Downing has effectively accomplished that goal with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Ryan Tannehill? Again, they did not get a lot of time together. Maybe had Todd Downing gotten more time with them, they could have gotten more creative throughout the course of the year. There are, there are plenty of reasons to look at, look at it and be rational, but also you can draw the same conclusion, which is you're coming back next year if you're Todd Downing. A lot of places wouldn't do that. Mike Vrabel is going to get the benefit of the doubt because he is adept at identifying coaching talent. And he clearly thinks that Todd Downing has some. We have seen Todd Downing put together a reasonable offense, but not nearly 
as good as it needs to be. So ultimately what it comes down to, the job of the coach is to maximize the player. And if Tannehill isn't special, your job is to figure out ways to make sure that if he's not special, that you can hide his flaws or hide them more often than not, as the Niners do with Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots did this with Mac Jones this year. You're seeing cases like this all over the league. This is the this is the this is the 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 statement, right? Like this is the goal. Figure it out. And ultimately that comes down to coaching. Now, at a certain point, you can say, well, the player is too limited. There's only so much that you can do. And there may be a conversation about that moving forward. But in the immediate, in the coming season, Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback of this football team. So again, I would say to you, he may not be special, but figure it out. That's the expectation. That's the standard that your coaching staff should be held to. In fact, that's very much the standard that Mike Malarkey was held to, and he failed, and you saw how his time here in Tennessee ended after winning a playoff game, the first playoff game in a damn long time for this franchise, the first of the of the six consecutive winning seasons that this franchise has put together. The bones of this thing are there. Ryan Tannehill, from my perspective, gets the benefit of the doubt because we've seen him be better. You need to get him closer to the peak of his performance because this year, for reasons that we all understand, both injury and offensive coordinator change, it did not look special much at all, and it cannot continue that way next year. Now, it's easy to imagine that they will not have 91 different players that dress for this football team in 2022. And yes, there will be some changes to the roster. There will be players who do not come back that were critical to the success of this football team this last season. But again, I say to you, Figure it out. Get the personnel that you need or as close to the personnel that you need as humanly possible and move forward with the pieces. This is the situation at hand. This is how they need to go about their business. And it's not an unreasonable ask at this point. Uh, Jeremy Graham says, smartest shit you've ever said. Well, I don't say a lot of smart shit, so it's easy for me to achieve uh, or to exceed that bar, Jeremy, but I appreciate your, I appreciate the kind words, which requires a better OC, says Sam. And yeah, I mean, maybe it may like, but here's the deal. Like in the same way that Tannehill is your quarterback, Todd Downing is going to be your offensive coordinator in 2022. And I don't know how many times I got to tell you guys that before um, that starts to sink in. It would be a significant upset if Todd does not return. Um, Cause Vrabel is not like the New York giants, right? Like Vra- New York giants, probably fired their coach this season because a bunch of people on ESPN got a hold of their plays, put it on TV in front of everybody and said, this is atrocious, get it out of here. That's an organization that responds to public pressure. Mike Vrabel does not often, if ever, respond to public pressure. Mike's going to do things his way because, you know, more often than not, he's proven right as far as he knows what he's talking about. So you'll just have to trust him in this regard. And if it goes... If it spirals, then you understand that a bit of that trust, maybe not all of that trust, but a bit of that trust has been burned. So let's wrap things up, and then we'll, we won't talk about Tannehill interceptions anymore. The question that I want to ask you is this. Which of Ryan Tannehill's interceptions hurt you the worst on Saturday? I was talking about this with Keith Bullock, who was on the radio show today. I want to talk about it with you now. 
which of Ryan Tannehill's interceptions hurt you the worst in the playoff loss to Cincinnati? We're going to talk about it together right after I tell you about the fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A2ZSports is where you go for satisfaction, or excuse me, not satisfaction, well, I mean, you can get satisfaction at DraftKings Sportsbook, but you can start making money today in the DraftKings Sportsbook app with great offers that they have for you. There's four teams left in the playoffs in the NFL. That means you only got four teams that you can bet on in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They've got 56 to 1 odds for you as they count down to Super Bowl 56 on any team. You bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team does win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code A2Z Sports. You get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. You bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team does win. That's promo code A to Z Sports for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus Tennessee only. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9789. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. So, which of the Ryan Tannehill interceptions hurt you the worst? Uh, Chisholm on Facebook Live says the first one because that was a dumb play call. Uh, the one in the flat says Dean Buckwalter. How do you not see him? So are you talking about are you talking about the uh, the bubble screen? That's not the flat, Dean. But I uh, I, I I think I know which question that you're. I, I think I know which one you're talking about. That throw wasn't to the flat. It was to the slot because the bub, the bubble screen was in the slot with Chester Rogers. So I think you've misidentified where the pass was thrown. Uh, number one, literally the first play, and they were already in field goal range. Yeah, that's a tough one. Oscar Richardson says the last one because ultimately that's how the game ended. G-Man says good and fair argument could be had for each one, but I'm taking number two. And I would say to you that, yeah, number two, I, the the second interception, the one to Mike Hilton, that I think hurts you the worst, especially when you saw what came out from NFL Films today, which is that Mike Hilton smelled it coming the whole time. Because you know why? Because the Titans' offense is super predictable. And I'm going to catch that. I'm going to catch that. I know he don't throw it. I know he is. First and goal from the 10. There's a pass deflected. Intercepted by Hilton. Sprinting away from Tannehill. And the quarterback is able to make the tackle. Hey, I'm really the best in the league. Y'all better respect First and goal from the Cincinnati nine Titans just ran four straight run plays to get them there. Again, Greg and I talked about this and he said, well, it's, you know, it's obvious after you have the result to say that the Titans should have run the ball and you can't do the analysis that way. And I understand why Greg says that because we have no idea what it is that they saw on film, whether they sensed Hilton coming, whether Tannehill didn't sense him there quite yet when he threw the ball, because it was very, very Quick took the snap, whipped to his right, whipped it out to the bubble screen, and Mike Hilton was sitting there waiting for it. He he felt it coming in his soul, and he was sitting there waiting to make the play. That one felt like the worst of them because more than anything, you felt like that was your opportunity to turn the momentum, to get in a position to play your game out the rest of the way rather than pressing at the end like we know that they did. Um, Troy Henderson, Troy Anderson rather says, 
That's all you need to know. Yeah, it's tough. Brent Matlock says exactly. Run all over them and call the exact same screen that didn't work earlier. And it is a similar play call to the one that they were er, that they threw earlier. Mike Hilton identified it. Mike Hilton smelled it out. Uh, TJ Hyde says, do we have any reporters who actually aren't afraid to call out the team? Well, I don't know what you mean by that, TJ. I'm pretty sure we've done that for basically done that. What's today? My fourth show. It's my fourth primetime show. I've had three radio shows this week. Uh, I just did a podcast with Greg while we were, why we talked about all the shit that they had that went wrong. So, I mean, I know what, what do you want me to, what more do you want me to do other than analyze how they screwed the thing up? Like, uh, do you want me to go in screaming? I, like, I don't know. I don't necessarily know what you want from me there, TJ. Like, you want me to go in screaming um, at a Mike Vrabel press conference? It's not my job. Like, my job is to ask Mike Vrabel, hey, what happened on this play? Mike's job is to respond. Now, Mike will respond how he wants to. And then when things don't, you know, when you don't get the answer that you necessarily want. And by the way, I would like a better answer from Mike Vrabel a lot of times. But, like, I'm not going to pitch a hissy if he doesn't give me the answer that you guys think he should give us like that's very much what Mike doesn't Mike doesn't care whether you know what what he was doing in that situation or not and like after four years of of working with Frabel like you know you're only going to get so far with him right so I mean I don't I don't I unless I'm missing TJ unless you think like I'm missing part of the analysis here or that I haven't been critical enough like I would say that I've been very critical in the way that they've choked and the way that we've talked about them botching this in the way that I think they very much need to kind of rethink fundamentally at the core of this football team, who they are moving forward. Cause I think there's, as I said, you know, existential, existential crisis sounds a bit dramatic, but um, I mean, it's kind of something that they have in front of them and they have to figure this shit out between Burrow and Allen and Mahomes. There's a lot there that can bury you. You may not, Sniff the second round of the playoffs or the third round of the playoffs, given that you had a free pass to the second round. Hell, it's been, what, 18 years since the last time you had the opportunity to play that kind of a game. Uh, those opportunities don't come around. No, excuse me, 14 years. 14 years since the last time they had a first round bye. Uh, 14 years ago, I was 14 years old. Literally 14 years old. So uh, in 2008, 14 years old, that's the last, when the, I was 14 years old the last time that you had the opportunity that you did this past Saturday at Nissan Stadium. So like to, you know, to, to howl and scream about it, that's all well and good. It's not productive um, because me, you know, me, me banging my chest at a Mike Vrabel press conference saying, fire Todd Downing, Mike, you dipshit or something like that. That's what, what is that going to do? Like, that's not going to do anything. All it's going to do is get me kicked, get my ass kicked out of the press conference and Mike Vrabel never answer a question again. <laughs> Um, Jeremy Graham says you're critical to the point. It's pissed me off in the past, pissed me off in the past. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think my, I don't think my issue is lack of criticism. Um, <laughs> like I think, I think I'm pretty realistic about the shit that they do wrong. Right. And when they're good, we talk about how they've been good. And when they're bad, we talk about what they did wrong. Right. Like that's the entire job. Anyway, um, MB says, Buck, I hope the Titans never going to buy again. They simply don't know how to handle being favored. <sighs> You know, I, I don't know how real how real something like that is, but God bless if it doesn't feel like that, right? Um, you 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 want the first round buy as often as you can get it, right? Like I understand why you why you feel that way. It's three times now that you've been one and done with the first round buy. I understand why you would be uh, spooked a little bit by that, but yeah, I mean you want the rest every time 
it's just so rare. Like your your three, your zero and three is a first round as a first round uh, or as a top, top overall seed. You're zero and three in that moment. Like you are the anomaly, right? You're the shooting star. You don't you don't that doesn't happen to other people. It's just extremely bad luck for this franchise and for its fan base. So, you know, the pain that you feel is real because it's it's not it's not imagined by any stretch of the imagination. You've lived this shit three times if you've followed this team since it's been in Nashville at bare minimum. Um and with all that being said, like, yeah, you'd still do it that way again if you if you had the opportunity to. Anthony say says Anthony Hayes says Watson next year. No, Anthony, no Watson next year. I'm not going to uh I don't want to talk about that anymore. I don't want to talk about the idea that people in here want uh want a alleged again important to say alleged because he's not convicted of anything but potentially a sexual a a sex predator (laughs) allegedly a sex predator uh to come play quarterback for you because ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions in a playoff game like what kind of dumb shit is that respectfully anthony not to get mad at you i'm not mad at you i'm mad at the idea that people keep asking that question like what it just blows my mind anyway um let's Wrap the show up tonight and make fun of Sean Payton, who is leaving football. And something that I want to uh, something that I want to talk about because we didn't talk about it last night when Sean Payton announced that he was leaving the New Orleans Saints. The question that I want to ask you is this: What should Sean Payton do after leaving the New Orleans Saints? Because he did officially, after 16 years, announce that he was resigning as the head coach there. Let me know what you think his next job should be, whether it should be the coach uh, of another of another team, whether it should be uh, in television, whether he should be doing analysis for a, a television network or doing you know the booth for Amazon when uh, Amazon Amazon has bought up the rights for Thursday Night Football. So they're probably going to put together a really, really unique looking booth. What should Sean Payton do next after leaving the New Orleans Saints? That's the question that I want to ask you. And we'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for your dream address without the stress and the Intel edge that only the Ashton team can provide you. That Intel allows you to maximize the value of your home in this seller's market. That's what the Ashton team wants to help you with. They want to make sure that you have all of the options at your disposal with all of the information to make the most informed decision possible. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Preds, the Titans, and A to Z Sports Primetime. So, what should Sean Payton do now that his career in football is done for now? Now, he didn't rule out wanting to come back to football, but I thought uh, that this was pretty interesting. Oscar Richardson says play golf. Rob Wright says coach another team. He said he said yesterday when he did his press conference, his heart's not in coaching right now. Now he said he wouldn't rule out a return to this, but like think about that. He's 58 years old. How often you see somebody who's at the top of their profession who has won a championship um as a head coach who is responsible for some of the best offenses that we've seen in the history of the NFL. I think that Sean Payton to come out and say that realistically says he if his heart's not in it he's not interested in coaching anymore now a part of that part of that could be that they're in you know their cap is messed up and they have no realistic solution at quarterback so that's not something that he's going to have an easy time fit fixing um frankie allen says i think he left because the cap in new orleans is terrible it's it's possible that that's true 
Um, but I think that to a degree, like it's going to take a lot more work than he's ready for at this point in his life. And he's just saying, yeah, I'd like to take a step back. But what I think that he should do, because a lot of you are saying television, a lot of you are saying broadcasting, Sean Payton would be good on television. In fact, I think Amazon's going to make him a big offer as uh, in the words of Will Wade, a strong ass offer. But I think that this, this is how I knew he was doomed when Kevin James was playing him in this Netflix special, uh, Kevin James, as Sean Payton, when this popped up on my television screen, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a Saturday Night Live-like spoof that Kevin James was going to be acting in a Netflix film about Sean Payton. I think that Sean Payton should now go create, or go recreate King of Queens or Mall, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop or any number of terrible Kevin James movies that he's made. I think that that should be in Sean Payton's future or probably more realistically, just playing a lot of golf. I think Sean Payton has earned that. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. I appreciate you guys, as always, for hanging out. One more primetime show tomorrow. We'll talk about the NFL playoffs. Since there's real football, football left to be played, even though the Titans aren't involved, we'll break down the NFC and the AFC championship games tomorrow night on the primetime show. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. We're going to take a deep dive look at Harold Landry, and what it's going to cost to bring him back, what it potentially could look like, what realistic options there are if they don't bring Harold back. It's going to be a big show tomorrow on the radio, so I hope you'll join me from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. See you guys tomorrow on the radio show or tomorrow night on primetime. Go check out the install with Greg Cosell. It's available to you right now wherever you get your podcasts.